welcome everybody to our launch of the Energy Master Plan. Uh, it has been three years of uh, of work. We applied for this plan back in, I think, it was August 2019. And um, little did we know at that time, we had two years of, of lockdown. We had three extensions. We got three six-month extensions. So um, we're here eventually tonight. And um, uh, just to thank some people. First of all, our mentor, Garod Fiskeven from SEI. Garod has been mentoring us and holding our hand for the last three years and guiding us. So thank you, Garod. Uh, to our committee, uh, our chairperson of the environment group is Peter. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Brian, Sean, Deirdre has apologies from Deirdre. She, she can't make it tonight. And um, Brian, Brian O'Dart did her. And all the people joined us at different stages as well, so thanks to them. There are several apologies there tonight, uh, just to call them out. Councillor Pat Hayes has apologised for not being able to make it. Morgan Lahav, uh, Vincent Walsh, Fiona McGarry from the Clare Champion, Linda Hale, Fintan Leamy, uh, I mentioned Deirdre Woodrow, Maureen Williams. I would also like to uh, welcome uh, uh, Scarif Bay Radio here. Uh, to um, John F John uh, Kelly and his uh, right hand man there. Thank you, John, for coming. I would like to thank the Clooney National School, have been a huge help to us uh, for our meetings and um, accommodating us. So thanks to Marie. Um, thank you, uh, Minogue. Thank you, Marie, for all your help. Um, to uh, Betty Murphy, the chairperson of the Board of Management and to Pauline uh, Conheedy and Mary Gleason. So um, the, just the agenda for tonight is, first of all, we, uh, we'll ask for a few people to say a few words. Then we'll go on to, um, to the um, Owen O'Hargan and Dermot from Tip Energy Agency do the presentation. Uh, so they'll do a summary of the, of the plan. And then we'll have questions and answers. We have a roving mic there as well. So could I ask everyone to turn off their phones, please, so that there'll be no interruption as well. So first of all, I'd like to just ask uh, Marie just to say a few words. I just want to welcome you all. Um, I hope that you find this evening informative and beneficial. Uh, we had a report done uh, under this scheme uh, recently, and it has uh, been very informative for us you know, going forward and how we're going to plan to reduce our energy here in the school. So I hope you get the same benefit here um, for your own homes. Okay, enjoy. Thank you very much. So I'll hand you over to Garod, so uh, Fitzgibbon, okay, from SEI. Thanks a lot, Tom. My role really is as uh, the uh, co-mentor uh, in County Clare. Uh, I'm actually also working in Tipperary. Uh, the main um, other ener community energy mentor in Clare is here this evening also, Lorraine Power, who's also a staff member of uh, Clare Local Development Company. <coughs> And uh, just very briefly to say that uh, SEAI, you probably hear about them all the time on the, the radio, so that's the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland. They're basically the, the agency tasked by our government to move forward uh, on the energy transition. So everything going from individual grants to community schemes to supports for businesses to getting the public sector and our uh, agencies further on that road to become more energy efficient and also 
promoting renewables. <coughs> so they have a program. It's particularly for working with community groups, community groups that have an interest in, in being active in this area. Now, being active can be anything from holding an information uh, meeting up to this type of thing where it's doing a, a community-wide energy plan. So <coughs> uh, SEI have provided, uh, following the application by the committee here of Clooney Spencer Hill Development Group, they've provided the funding to, to pay for that. And Owen, will, Owen O'Hargon and, and Dermot here from the Tipperary Energy Agency have carried out that, and they'll talk a bit more about that. Uh, <coughs> so j I suppose just to briefly say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of conversation at, at the moment about uh, climate action and the energy transition, where that makes sense for communities, uh, you know, we can turn that conversation on its head because a lot of the time it, there's a sense of people kind of being put upon, oh, we have to do this now, do we ha you know, rather than seeing that uh, there, there's tremendous opportunity uh, in this transition that's happening for a, a safer, cleaner energy system for jobs and employment around renovating people's homes and and also for localizing instead of the local uh, money flowing out of our communities uh, keeping that uh, within them if, if energy can be generated locally <coughs> and just to say that i suppose i got involved with uh, this type of work in a previous uh, uh, previously in, in tipperary where we worked with a number of sm small village groups near turles uh, Drumban and Upper Church, and uh, they, uh, since they carried out their own energy plan, they have uh, taken uh, carried out energy upgrades on almost half of the f of the 500 homes in their community. Uh, they have generated a significant amount of investment into their parish, and they've also uh, created and supported local employment through contractors carrying out that work. So again, I, I've my own interest in this area as part from pro supporting and uh, providing support to the community group here is really a kind of a passion about making sure those benefits of the energy transition are localized make sense in local communities in terms of investment in jobs and, and all that i mentioned so i suppose this is a significant uh, milestone along the way or it has the potential to be and i'm sure that the actions that are pr uh, will be demonstrated uh, by Owen there and his team in Tipperary Energy Agency will provide a lot of food for thought and what the next steps might be for, for Clooney's Bensal Hill. So uh, that's really what I have to say, but I, I will be available to take part in the Q&A and, the, and the, the discussion later on. Thanks, Tom. Hand over to um, Owen and uh, Dermot. Uh, good evening, everybody. My name is Owen Horrigan, and uh, it's great to be here. It's great to be back in halls and, you know, meeting people and stuff. Um, I suppose just a bit of background, the Tipperary Energy Agency, um, we're a non-profit uh, social enterprise and I suppose we're on the go I think about 20 years now. Um, we're based in Nina in County Tipperary and I suppose we've, we've been assisting, assisting communities um, down through the years in, in projects like this and you know helping them to get on the road for the energy transition and things like that. So um, look, without further ado, I'll, I'll get on with the, um, with the presentation. Okay, so I suppose, look, you know your own territory, but <coughs> just to give a bit, a, a bit of context. So the, the Clooney Spencil Hill Sustainable Energy Community 
Um, it's spread over five electoral divisions and 25 townland. Um, so the communities of Cluny and Spencer Hill, along with the surrounding areas, they've teamed up to form a sustainable energy community. This was called an SEC. And ourselves, Tipperary Energy Agency, uh, we are appointed to deliver the local energy plan, also called the master plan for the community. So we have completed this study and um, this is the presentation, a summary of the findings. Um, more in-depth details can be found in the main document. So, um, yeah, so what is in Cluny? So there is approximately um, 979 persons living in Cluny, Spencil Hill. There is 332 homes, 83 farms, 596 private vehicles, 44 commercial vehicles, and 11 community and business properties, including two rural pubs, two churches, two car sales, one shop and filling station, one garage, welding fabrication and precast concrete business and a national school. Of course, you all know this. So we've done the analysis of the, of the community from the perspective of energy. So the four energy sectors um, were the residential energy sector, that's all the houses in Cluny and how much electricity and um, thermal energy heating is used within the community. There's the non-residential, that's the business and community um, buildings and activities in the area, transport and agriculture. So we looked at those four areas um, and what is the energy intensity being used, what is the cost of the energy, which is becoming very prevalent these days, and what is the, the carbon emissions associated with those emissions or with those energy usage across the sectors. So just to hit the nail on the head, from the perspective of um, energy usage, 53% of the total energy being used in Cluny and Spencil Hill is from the residential sector. So that's all your homes and your neighbors' homes um, in, in the study area. 34% um, of total energy is from transport, 10% um, from agricultural practices, and 3% from the community and business activities. That's the non-residential sector. Um, now, the table here has been updated since I printed off the little um, summary packs for you, so the numbers have gone up again. So the only way is up with respect to energy prices. So I suppose you know that yourselves and that's one thing that I hope you'll take home tonight. So we've done the analysis on how much each sector is spending on energy every year. So at the moment, the residential energy, that's 332 houses, your spend on energy is 1.8 million euros a year. Um, that's the highest. The second highest is the transport. That's you're at 1.6 million euros a, a year now on diesel and petrol fuel. Um, the agricultural sector is 275, 275,000, um, and the non-residential, that's the, the couple of businesses there and the, the community buildings and stuff, they're at approximately 91,000. Um, so that's the, that's the bottom line tonight. So the, the, the combined spend on energy in Cluny and Spencil Hill, sustainable energy community stands at 4.3 million euros a year. Now that has jumped significantly um, in the last six months. Um, I suppose if you go back to last October, 
you had the, the budget and the carbon taxes came out and then things have just gone crazy since. Um, so then when you look at the carbon intensity, um, the residential sector is responsible for approximately 47% uh, of total carbon emissions. Transport is at 41%. So again, it's the residential and the transport are the two highest sectors in energy usage, in um, money being spent, and in, and in carbon emissions. So I suppose just to focus for tonight, um, we kind of focused on the residential analysis. So we broke it down that at the moment, the annual cost in euros for a home in Clooney Spencer Hill is at 5,570 euros a year. So when you times that, times, you know, times the number of houses in the community, you, that's, that's where we're getting the 1.8 million from. And then you have a breakdown there that the heating accounts for 3,451 euros approximately, and the electricity is just over 2,000. Um, and that each house then is producing just under six tons of, of CO2, of, of, of carbon dioxide. Um, so I suppose, look, I, I know we know the obvious reasons is the, the cost of energy has gone through the roof, but I suppose, you know, taking it a bit deeper then, if you look at the housing stock in the area, that 62% or 206 houses, they were built before the year 2000. Um, so I suppose the building regulations, they weren't as stringent as now. So the building fabric of your homes, you know, you're losing a fair bit of heat um, through the walls and the windows and, you know, your, your, your attics and places like that. And um, like looking at the type of heating systems in your homes as well, 71% or 233 homes are heated by oil central heating. Um, there's only 34 homes or 11% of the homes are heated by wood or, or wood pellet fuel. And electricity accounts for only 4% or 12 homes in the, in the, in the community. Um, that's electrical heating. So 85% of your homes are ran on expensive fossil fuels with additional carbon taxes on top of that. Um, and just to rehash, currently the average heating bill is estimated at 3,400. Um, and the electricity is estimated at just over 2,000 a year. So that's a combined 5,570 euros per household to heat and power your homes in Clooney Spencer Hill. Now, before I kind of get to the good news, um, I, I want to just go on out to carbon taxes. So on top of the direct cost for the fuel, there's carbon taxes on top of that. Um, they were introduced a couple of years ago, and they're increasing every year. Um, so I calculated for Clooney Spencer Hill householders based on six tons of carbon a year being used. Um, so it's 40 euros a ton of carbon. That's what, um, that's what the carbon tax is at the moment. That's gone up six euros a ton every year. So by 2030, they want to have, they want to have it up to 80 or 100 euros a ton. So at the moment, um, the average house in Clooney Spencer Hill is spending 222 euros on carbon taxes. Now, you, you can see the scale there. It's, it's gone up. Next year, it'll be 256, 289, 322, 356 euros. And by 2029, 2030, it's going to be at 80 euros a ton. And every household will be paying, um, well, the average house in Clooney, if, if we're going on averages, is going to be paying 456 euros a year on carbon taxes, on top of your fossil fuel bills in a do-nothing scenario. And if you combine the carbon taxes between now and 2030, 
there's going to be approximately 3,400 euros spent in carbon taxes that, that doesn't really have to be spent, you know? Um, and I suppose we'll kind of go on with how we can make the change. So I suppose just to put into context, um, if we were to look at how much forestry would be required to absorb all the carbon emissions in Clooney Spencil Hill, um, the equivalent forestry that would be required to take all the carbon that's produced from the homes and sequester it and pull it back into the into the land or in, into the, into the plant matter, it would take approximately uh, a thousand acres of forest. And um, we've kind of done a scale there, where you can see this is your area here, and this is the, this is the size of land that would be required if you had to plant a forest to offset all the carbon. And I suppose. We often hear of CO2 and tons of carbon and all that, like, but to put it into kind of some sort of a visual, this is what a ton of CO2 looks like compared to a, a double-decker bus or compared to a, to a human. So um, as part of the study, um, we performed uh, a, a local um, home energy survey. Um, I think there was about 70 returned um, the surveys, and I suppose this is just some of the information that, that we received out of it. Um, there was, it was, a, it was a questionnaire um, that was filled out and I suppose, you know, the, the answers are kind of qualitative. So from that, um, only 19% have stated that they reckon that their homes are well insulated. Um, the table also outlines home energy measures that the, the, the householders that filled out the survey would, would like to get done to your homes. Um, the survey results for the heating system in, in your homes also suggest that 48% use a central boiler, 27% use a multi-fuel stove, and only 7% use uh, are using high-efficiency heat pumps at the moment. Now, that's a small kind of a data set, you know. Um, the main data that, that we pulled came down from the, the latest census results and stuff like that. Um, so these are the results that we got for Clooney Spencil Hill um, with respect to the residential condition of the housing stock. So if you average it out, the average BER in Clooney Spencil Hill is a D2. Now it's at the lower end of D2, it's almost into an E1. The average in County Clare is also a D2, but it's at, uh, it's, it's at the better end of it. And then if you look at the, the, the national average at the moment, we're at a D1. So the plan under the national retrofit scheme is to take those homes and bring them up to a very high standard of a B2. So if we have a look at the Clooney Spencil Hill data here, um, you can compare it to the national or to the to the County Clare and the national averages. So I'm I, I think I need some new glasses, but anyway. Um, so BERDs are about 38, 39% um, in Clooney Spencil Hill. The BERC of the houses is approximately 30% um, compared to the County Clare and the national averages you can see there, um, tis, 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 tis color coded. So that brings us, that's, that's how we got in that the average BER score for Clooney Spencer Hill is, is a D2. So the houses, the, the housing stock in the area, um, there's more kind of older houses you know, they're at the end of the of the BER rating, um, then the County Clare and the national averages. And I think I actually, if, if you go back a slide or two there, 
Um, you can see here, this is the age that the houses, the number of houses and the age that they were, that, that, that they were built. So I suppose this is Celtic Tiger times here. Um, but obviously the, the majority of the houses, you know, they're built, you know, before there was any stringent um, building regulations and things like that. Like so, um, do you know, I suppose the houses, you know, it's hard to quantify what work has been done to your house. Um, this is just data that, that was taken from the census, and we we calculated these figures in of the of the various metrics. Like, so as part of the study, there was eight homes um, picked out um, that completed the home energy survey, and um, the our engineers would would have went in and they would have done an energy energy assessment of the homes. The homes ranged from a seventeen hundred built home up to a twenty eleven one. So there's, there's a nice um, kind of a spread of results there. And here in the red, you can see that like we put the measures in, like I suppose the premise here is to get the house up to, um, to a, a BER of a B2. And the, the reports that were generated kind of, they made suggestions of how that could be done in increments and in um, what the cost were and how much savings could be saved on energy. So the bigger the BER gap, the greater the savings. So for example, this is a 1970s house. It, it has the, the lowest BER rating, which is a G. And if that house was upgraded to a B, that was up to a C3, um, there would be a 63% saving in, in energy consumption. So the, the larger the gap, um, the greater the savings. And then I suppose as the housing stock, like some of the houses here, look, there's, there's a B3 house um, that was up, brought up to a B2, 20% savings. So the savings are smaller when the gap is smaller, you know, so. But um, I think it was a good indicator of what could be achieved in, in, the, in the housing stock. And I suppose the plan, um, what the government want to do is they want to, have 500,000 homes retrofitted up to a B2 if possible um, by, by 2030. So as part of the project, like as I said, we looked at the fabric upgrades that would be required for the sample housing group. Um, so the game here is what's called the HLI, a heat loss index. Um, to qualify for any um, heat pump grants, the heat loss index for a home that has been upgraded has to be uh, two. So. That was achieved with some of the measures here, but you can see there some of it is over too, because we just felt that there was no point coming in and doing an audit and banging loads of stuff on the walls, uh, you know, potentially putting stuff on the walls and saying, oh yeah, we can hit your B2 if it's not really cost optimal, because some of the homes, they're, they're actually stone walls. So some of, the, some of the synthetic materials that go on these days, they wouldn't be suitable to those houses. So that was, that was the approach that we took. So I suppose then the next thing is, what can be done to your homes and how, and how can we do it? Um, and I suppose I just threw in this from, from super homes there. Um, what is a super home? So there's a, a range of measures that you can do to your home to actually make it um, warmer, cheaper to run, and you know a, a healthy home to live in. Um, and I suppose, again, the premise is that you would get the building fabric of your house sorted out first before you'd even think about, you know, putting in a new heat pump or, you know, some sort of a mechanical ventilation system in your home. So, like, 
what's going on is if you have cavity walls, you can pump your cavity walls. That'll get you a certain way with your thermal levels for your walls. Um, another option is external insulation on the walls, attic insulation, um, new windows and doors, high-performance high windows and doors. If you have an open fireplace, I think it is really time to start thinking about either blocking it up or putting in some sort of an insert or a stove in there, and that will reduce the, the draftiness of the homes as well. So, so yeah, so making the homes draft-proof and airtight, installing high-performance windows and doors, install ventilation systems, um, and all this, you know, when the fabric upgrades have occurred and the home is airtight, then you, you'd look at sizing a new electric um, heat pump, which are very efficient. Now, the beauty about the heat pumps is that um, for every unit of energy that you put into a heat pump, you're actually getting out four out the other side. So they're super efficient, but for a heat pump to work properly in a home, the home has to be, it has to be, um, the walls and the windows and the attic insulation, they have to be really up to a good standard. The building has to be airtight because the heat pump's going to work a different way than conventional heating systems. Um, they deliver a kind of a lower grade heat to the house. So if your house is drafty and all that, the heat pump is going to work extra hard and you're, you're going to lose the gain in the house. So they're just kind of some of the, the more standard measures that have been um, promoted to, to retrofit and upgrade your homes. So I suppose um, there was targets set in the in the in the SEC. So um, Clooney Spencer Hill Sustainable Energy Authority they're striving for a 50% reduction in residential energy over the next couple of years. So we looked at we looked at all the housing and we looked at what that target would mean, and to reach a 50% target by 2029. Um, 34 homes per year would need to be retrofitted. There's, you know, there's a kind of a deep retrofit and there's more a, a more shallow retrofit. So there's kind of there's different options for the different houses depending on kind of what 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 standard that they're at when you begin. Now the good news is that each house can receive up to 25,000 euros towards a retrofit up to a B2. Now to qualify for the for the 25,000. Um, you need to commit, or you, you need to commit that you're going to get your house up to a BER of of, of a B2. Um, now, I suppose for this study, we said that the average cost of a retrofit for a home is about fifty thousand. Okay. Now prices are probably gone higher since, but the good news is that there is different options out there for homeowners. That you don't have to do it all at once. Can do, um, you can do a piecemeal approach and get you know, one or two measures done a year and then continue on till you get your house up to, um, up to a, a very good standard. Um, so if to reach the 30 or to reach the 50% target, I think there's like 280 homes out of 332 homes will have to receive some sort of a retrofit. Um, and if you add all the grant data up, the SEI would be giving like five and a half million euros in grant aid to Clooney Spencer Hill to actually help with the retrofits. Um, and I suppose we'll we'll move on to the to the one-stop shop and the grant process maybe after the presentation. I suppose when when we open up the Q and A, but um, in, in engagement with a one-stop shop will um, streamline the process. 
Um, this will reduce the greenhouse gases, the carbon emissions, um, by 50% once the program of work has been completed and the energy usage will reduce by the 50% target. And these are the savings going forward. So we estimated that 16% um, will need a shallow retrofit. Um, well, to make the 50% savings, 16% will be from a shallow retrofitting, 34% will be from a full retrofitting, and these are the savings estimated in the community by, by 2032, 2.2 million. And there'll be 315,000 euros saved a year within the community. And like that's money you now that can be spent locally and stuff like that instead of going over to the sheiks in Saudi Arabia or Velimir Putin or wherever it is going when we're paying our bills for oil and things like this, you know. Um, and like if, if you boil that down to your own house, like there is significant savings to be made in your homes. Um, and I suppose just looking at the CO2 as well, you're talking, you're reducing your carbon footprint of the community by about a thousand tons. So I'll just move on to summary, or to, sorry, transport and summary. Now I threw in the picture there on the left because the electric car is nothing new apparently. Um, the first electric vehicle was developed in the USA in 1890 and it, it could do 14 miles an hour, 23 kilometers an hour. Um, the oil industry won out and the banks backed the oil industry and here we are today trying to get away from the oil over 100 years later and this is how the wheel turns. So I suppose looking at the transport in Clooney Spencil Hill for a 50% reduction in transport energy, there will have to be like just 400 484 electric vehicles on the roads um, in the next decade and um, 36 electric vans also on the roads. Um, currently there are 596 private cars and 44 vans owned in the area. So there's a there's a big jump um, to make those targets to uh, electric vehicles and I suppose look the big the big driver at the moment is the fuel prices um, but then I suppose the big disadvantages with electric cars is the price of electricity as well at the moment you know so um, so 81% of all the personal vehicles will need to be electric in Clooney and Spencil Hill um, and also I suppose look to reduce um, transport in the area or the, the cost of transport and stuff like that, like um, the, the steering committee came up with a few su suggestions that to accommodate electric vehicles that there'd be um, electric vehicle charge points put in in a, in a few locations around the area. Um, there could be a carpooling club organized and shared workspaces um, potentially in the local GA club. So that would remove the, the need for, for commuting, um, you know, going, going forward. So then I suppose <coughs> with agriculture, um, I suppose what we'd be recommending is that um, farmers would head down the Thames route for grants. They're more lucrative and it's more streamlined than the, than the SEI kind of road for grants. And there's up to 60% in grant aid available for, for various measures. Um, there are good savings to be made on farms on, on farms and dairy farms, for example, lighting upgrades to LED lighting, hot water system upgrades, um, hot water heat pumps are very efficient for supplying hot, hot water to the to dairy farms, um, milk pump upgrades, installing rooftop 
solar PV and um, things like rain harvesting. And you can see there from the, the perspective of a dairy farm that the milking process is 20% of the energy, water heating is 23% of the energy, and keeping the milk cool is 30% of 31% of the energy. Um, so like the likes of solar PV make a lot of sense these days going forward for the agricultural practices, especially for, um, for, for dairy farmers in the area. And then I suppose the non-residential energy, that's the community and uh, businesses in the area. Again, the lighting upgrades, building fabric upgrades, insulated walls, new windows, doors, attic insulation, heating system upgrades. Again, solar PV, renewable systems. Um, there's grants available from the SEI, the Better Energy Community Scheme, up to between uh, 30 and 50% of, of investment. Like if, 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 if it's a community hall that's, that's not making a profit, then you can get up to 50% in grant aid. If it's a business, um, you can get 30% in grant aid. And also for businesses that are spending more than 10,000 um, a year on, on energy, um, there's a 2,000 voucher to get an energy audit done to your, to your business practice, and that's under a scheme called the Green for Micro Scheme. So there's something there for everybody in the pot. So I suppose the, the icing on the cake um, for Clooney Spencil Hill is to develop a community generation project in your locality. Um, I suppose the first picture there is the leads in Temple Dairy in Tipperary. So their story is is amazing story. They fought tooth and nail for ten years to put up two community owned wind turbines. Um and those wind turbines have cleared their debts now and they're making one point one million euros a year into the local community and and, and, and back to the to the local shareholders that invested in it. Um we also kind of proposed that if there was marginal land available, for example, a 50-acre sustainable coppice plantation could be grown in the area, and that could um, provide biomass and wood chip into industry, um, potentially in, in Innes and in the locality. Um, that also would bring in a revenue stream into the community. And then the potential for a five megawatt solar PV park as well um, is gaining a, a lot of traction in communities. Now, the, the beauty about community-owned and generation um, projects is that all the revenue goes back into the community. That revenue can be used to assist the householders in home upgrades and stuff like that, you know, and it creates local jobs, local employment, and the money stays in the locality. So I suppose um, this was the kind of the, the wish list um, that, that came out of the study. So in the residential sector, to, to hit the 50% reduction in, in energy in, in the sector in, in the next couple of years, um, you'll be looking at retrofitting of 34 houses a year in Clooney and Spencil Hill. That'll reduce the energy, the total energy used by about 26%. The total investment would be 11 million. Um, about five, five and a half million of that would be grant aided. Transport. I don't know, is there any fix to transport? Like we all have to get rid of the, the fossils. I'm driving a, a diesel tonight. Um, you know, so 
you know, to hit the 50% reduction in that sector, you know, about eight, 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 81% of the, the private vehicles will have to be um, electric or electric hybrid and stuff like that. Um, that will reduce the energy by 17%. Now, look, electric cars are very expensive. They're about 40 grand a pop. Um, but they're getting cheaper. There's a model coming out next year um, for 25,000, um, which will be a, a, a game changer. It's a German-built car. It's been manufactured in a Saab factory in, in Sweden, I think. Um, and the entry price for that car is 25,000. So it, it brings us closer to, to what is affordable. So then the non-residential, we said for a 50% reduction in that sector, um, again, the measures are, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at your building, your, your services, energy upgrades. It, it's a small enough sector in Clooney Spencil Hill compared to other, um, other communities. So that's 1.4. We estimated half a million investment. Um, and like I suppose what I'm not suggesting is or commenting on is this is the, the savings per year that's obtainable. So if, if and when there's a community-owned solar PV park, about 30, 30 odd acres, um, that will bring about 400, 500,000 euros a year into the community once it, once it broke even. Um, that cost is about 4 million, but all these projects are bankable, and um, there's lots of schemes have come out in the last couple of years there's uh, what's called the residential pot. So if there's a community scheme going ahead, that there's a special pot for that scheme, and you actually get 30% more um, in payment for your energy than you would if you're a kind of a, a private sector. Um, so that's, that's more lucrative. And look, these, these projects, they're happening, lads. There's, um, we're involved with community power in Tipperary, and um, they're working tooth and nail with communities around the country, um, and they're they're assisting in planning applications and all that. Um, they got two they got two solar parks uh, approved in the res auctions last year, so they're going to be built. Um, they they reckon they've they've nine gone in for planning, and they reckon they'll be thirty or forty within the next within the next couple of years. And like, you know. You might think here now tonight, like, should Jesus, I'm including Spencer Hill, like, and, and, and I'm looking at this monstrosity of, of, of a thing here, like, but the reality is, lads, these projects are going ahead in communities, and it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity to actually make a project realized um, because there's, there's a revenue stream coming in, you're decarbonizing um, your, your local grid, there's jobs, they're sustainable, and the money, the money goes around, you know. Um, and like this is all projects that are coming down from Brussels, you know, like the, the drivers for this is from Brussels. Dublin are on board now, you know, and it comes into the to the hall of Clooney Spencer Hill tonight, like, you know, so it's very exciting. Um and I know the leads are working on, on a potential site um for a a, a, a wind farm in Clooney Spencer Hill and they're they're looking at other areas as well. Like so it's serious stuff. Um there's lots of support and stuff out there now from the SCAI. Um, they're funding about 80% for feasibility studies and all that. Like, so there's going to be a lot of money thrown at this thing in the next couple of years. And just to, just to hop onto it and just to catch it and just to make it work for yourselves. So I suppose that's, um, that's the, the wish list or the, the targets that we developed as part of the Energy Master Plan. 
And I suppose just looking at the changing energy landscape, if we, if we start next year, 2023 to 2029, very ambitious, I know. But this is the reduction in, in energy from the residential sector, non-residential sector, transport sector, agricultural sector. And these are the new projects that could be realized in, in, in the next couple of years. You can have your own solar park running. I mean, like, there's a data center going up there, I believe, um, around Innes, and they'd be probably interested in buying your, your energy from, from these projects, you know? Um, so that's the potential of energy that could be produced from like a 30 acre solar park, from a five megawatt um, wind energy park, and then if the 50 acres was realized, um, they could be like just under 500 megawatt hours of biomass produced a, a, a year going, going forward. And I suppose what, what I want to say as well is that if these projects get realized, then Clooney Spencil Hill could become a net exporter of energy in, instead of being a consumer of energy and all, always paying for it, you could actually be an exporter of energy within the community and you'd actually be getting a payment for it. And that payment would trickle down into the next generation and the next generation because these projects, um, they'd have a 20 odd year lifespan, you know? So I suppose that's the, that's the summary of the, um, the energy master plan. Um, and I suppose I'll open up the floor for questions and answers. And I'll just leave up this slide here just to keep you in mind of the expenditure in Clooney Spencer Hill. So thank you very much. So I suppose if I'll, if I'll go on about the grants there for a bit, and if anybody has a question, just drop the law of like, but there's basically three grant schemes available. Um, there's a free in energy upgrade. It's for, it's called the warmer home scheme. And that's for homes that would qualify um, if you're in receipt of, of fuel allowance or you're in receipt of some um, social protection payments, your home could qualify for a free energy upgrade. Um, it's the warmer home scheme. And I have, I have some applications there for it that I leave um, if, if anybody, anybody wants to take away an application. So it's a physical form. You fill out the form and you post it down to Kerry. And then what they do is they'll... You're, you're on the list, they'll send out an assessor, he'll come to the house, he'll look at the house, and he'll propose what measures need, need to be done to the house. And um, you can see there that for that scheme, these are all the, all the measures that are covered by it. So the home energy assessment is covered, um, you get the wall insulation and roof insulation is covered, uh, windows are covered, heating controls are covered, I suppose if the house is up to the standard in, um, the heat pump is covered, there's the ventilation system is covered, and the BER assessment is covered in that scheme. So that's a good scheme that, that's out there. It's 100% free um, if, if there's people in the community in receipt of certain social welfare payments, social protection payments, um, fuel allowance, and things like that. So I suppose there was a lot of changes went on with the, um, with the schemes and the grants. So the big one is the, the one-stop shop. That's the, that's the premier horse in, that's the premier horse now in the, in, in the race. So with that scheme, 
you're committing to getting your house up to a, a BER um, B2. So, and with that scheme, you can go to full hog and do a deep retrofit at once, or else you can take your time depending on your budgets and you can do, you can do bits and pieces to your house every year once you commit to getting up to the B2 standard. So, um, and you can see here, the one-stop shop has the full range of measures. So it has the, it, it includes the home energy um, assessment. Um, the one-stop shop company will come in, they'll do all the project management, they'll get the contractors, they'll do all the work in the house. Um, so that, that covers everything, walls, external wall insulation, roof insulation, floor insulation, um, windows, heating controls, heat pumps, um, it even covers solar water heaters, you know, those evacuated tubes for, for hot water. Um, it covers solar PV as well, ventilation and um, the BER assessment. So the one-stop shop service covers, covers the whole lot. Now, there is a third option, and it's an individual energy upgrade scheme. Now, that's a bit different. That's a scheme that you, you do it yourself. You, you apply yourself and um, you actually, there's a list up on the, um, the SEI website of contractors that are registered with the SEI. So they're, they're, they're building contractors and they're solar PV contractors. Um, so the lists are up there and what you do is you'd, you'd fill out the form and you'd nominate your contractor um, that's approved by the SEI, and then he'll come and do the work. Now, their cash grants for that, the level of grants are the same as the one-stop shop, but there's, there's, there's less involved, like, you know, there's no windows in that scheme, um, there's no ventilation in that scheme, um, and you have to do it yourself, like, you know, you have to, you have to contact the, the, the contractors and stuff like, like that yourself. So, there are the three main schemes that are out there. Um, for homes, and I suppose the next question is, how much are the grants? With the one-stop shop, you have to commit to getting your house up to the B2. Yeah. Yeah. So they come in, they they assess your house. So whatever your starting point is, a D, E, F, or what, what yeah. whatever it is, there's your starting point. Um, the engineers will go away and they'll do the assessment. What needs to be done to your home? To, to get it up. So you have the choice of going full hog and getting it all done, or else um, you can get it done like one measure or two measures a year, but you, you have to commit to actually getting up to the B2. Now, like the windows, windows are very expensive, like, you know, to, to put in high efficiency windows now in, in, in a home could be 15,000 euros, like, you know, um, composite doors as well, like you, you'd be talking two grand a door. Um, so windows and doors are very expensive like so there's four grand for for windows in the one-stop shop um, grant package so it is good like um, that wasn't done it last year they kind of ripped the whole thing up there like so the measures the grants are very good um, at, at the moment and I think it's as good as it's going to get so I, I'd encourage you all to to go home tonight and have a good think about your, your house and your home and see. If you're looking at what's going to bring you the most energy saving per euro, you won't be starting with the windows and doors, even though I think a lot of us think, God, that's the first thing I'd like to change. 
the first thing are, that are the first things that are going to be funded in the order of kind of priority are attic insulation, wall insulation, the air tightness, the ventilation. So that's why the windows or door and doors uh, grant is only available when people are going doing the whole the whole process. Have an idea of of doing a substantial piece of work that makes sense to go that way because it means a person doesn't suddenly have to become a project manager. You can actually contact an organization that's going to link in with the electricians, link in with the plumbers, link in with the insulation installers. Th that's the package. And uh, I suppose it's th the idea is kind of learning through a lot of trial and error on this over the last 10 years. Uh, and trying to get a kind of a quality standard to how work is done, especially on deep renovation where people are paying a lot of money. So one of the ways of doing that is doing this one-stop shop approach. Now, there have been a number of companies that are operating as what they call one-stop shops, but now SCAI have a formal application process. So they have a bunch of companies that want to become that, and SCAI have a whole series of criteria that all of those companies have to pass quality of work track record, you know, knowledge of the sector, uh, the ability to, to work well with people, the ability to project manage. So then once those companies pass those tests, then they can be uh, passed by SEAI as a one-stop shop who can deliver these services. So as things stand, there's only about five or seven, I think, that are uh, up on the SEAI website. The, ob the objective of SEAI is for that to be, you know, 15 or 20 covering the whole countryside. Uh, so, so people then will be able to select from a group of different uh, uh, providers, you know. Uh, that, uh, and again, as as I said, that is if if a, if a householder is going for the whole the whole house approach. Now, you know, people may think, you know, what I'm a long way away from this uh, deep renovation. Uh, I might be happy to get dramatic insulation done and the walls pumped. And I suppose, you know, people. That makes sense. That's the first. That is the first place to start. Uh, but there is, I suppose, a drive to try to uh, have a higher ambition to get a whole, to get more and more households upgraded. Now it is difficult uh, because the scale of investment required is not going to suit everybody's pocket. Uh, so there's going to be new financing instruments that come on board and low interest loans as well for people who who want to do this in a in a slower way and i suppose uh, that's that's hopefully going to kick in over the next uh, few months over the next year or so as well yeah and just to say on the warmer home scheme and the 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 fuel allowance households so if anybody is interested in applying for that apply straight away because there is a long waiting list because as you can imagine there's a lot of interest in that scheme. I think it could be a two, two and a half year waiting list. Uh, so it's just worth mentioning that as well. <clears throat> you, you would have seen there on the way, and I just want to mention this, Tom, as well, that the community group uh, has a little checklist coming in, a registration. That could be, and is open for discussion, but it could be a, a third or a fourth way even of going at this. If Because uh, the checklist people may be indicated they might have had an interest in just attic or wall or some different measures like that. There could be a, a local community approach to this also. And that was what they did in, in Drumban and Upper Church, where they got 40 households together and they found, okay, there's 20 that want to do attic insulation. You know, there's 15 that want to do cavity wall. There's 10 that want to change stoves. And they did a smaller, more localized project. Um, so that could, be, that could be a fourth option uh, in a way, you know. 
or, or maybe you could do a mix of both where it could be maybe possible for having a community approach to go and meet one of these one-stop shops and try and work out a deal with them where um, they might do a whole bunch of work in this community. But obviously that's, that requires more discussion here locally as well uh, in terms of how, how that would, how that would uh, go forward. For example, I'm a volunteer with a cooperative in Tipperary and they currently have a project, actually Owen, you've, you're doing a piece of work there as well. They currently have two people on the ground you know, they, their objective was uh, because they had a local peat plant that closed down there, they got a particular grant to try and uh, get discussion going in the community about uh, home renovation and that. They had, their objective was to do 60 deep renovations in Littleton and Ballangarry. It's just there, the other side of Thurlis. Now, out of kind of a year and a half's work of conversations and talks and everything, they have 12 that probably want to go forward. And what they're finding is, yes, not everybody has has the ready cash to get involved and do it. Uh, so I think something like the low interest loan when it comes on stream will help. Uh, you know, but there are also lots of things that can be done through you know, energy, you know, changing how we use uh, our appliances at home, you know, upgrading our individual appliances, becoming more knowledgeable uh, you know, about how we use uh, electricity. I think we, Owen, you probably have another presentation there in more detail on energy use in the home, but, you know, what's the cost of uh, an inefficient light bulb left on in the house for a year, for example? You know, there's, there's lots of small little things like that, that now with the way the price of energy is going, it makes sense for people to check out and, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> it, it's something worth uh, maybe considering for the committee as well to have m maybe further information, evenings or events on this that would help... Uh, you know, upskill people about that. Hi, uh, Neve Wiley, the Rural and Community Development Officer for um, Clare County Council. So, firstly, thank you for inviting me here tonight. And uh, I suppose it's, tonight is just mind-blowing, really, in terms of, you know, community coming together like this and developing this energy and plan. And, you know, you're just two in, in Clare and I think over 400 in, in Ireland, you know. So, it's it's amazing achievement. So, well done uh, to the Clooney and Spencer Hill development group and, and and especially the environmental subgroup, you know, that have driven the project to this stage. So I suppose it's very exciting and it's a great start to have this audit done. And, you know, we, uh, the 20, th uh, 2030, you know, climate uh, date is, is looming and I suppose, what do we do? And, you know, individually we can look at retrofitting our houses and, but then there's, you know, what we could do at a community level, you know, and a lot of this, that lot of the initiatives are going to be top-down, you know, approaches that policy will make and force us to change our habits. But it's lovely that we could have some power on the community side to make our own changes. And I suppose under under the Clare County Council, under the Climate and Change Adaptive Strategy, under the, there's there's six themes to it. But one of them is supporting communities, healthy communities, and I suppose in that where it's it'll be our role there to support you to build champions in communities and i think you're very much ahead of the game here tonight and you know you're going to lead the way in clare and if i had a magic wand i'd love to say right love to have a you know community audits done for all communities but you know we only have two so far in clare so we have a long way to go and time is not on our side i suppose just in terms of funding um, you have the Climate Action Fund coming down the tracks. It has already been rolled out for Strand 1 in terms of the educational side, but there is that 24 million 
there um, for building a low, you know, low carbon um, community. So we don't know what that's going to look like. It's going to come through the local authority. So I suppose it's all about being shovel ready and be ready with your with your projects, and you know whatever initiatives come out <coughs> at the next stage, it'll be very interesting to be ready for that. <coughs> so well done tonight, and I look forward to the goals and the outcomes. You know the next stage, and uh, I look forward to supporting you in that. Okay, well done. Well, uh, thanks to Neve for for uh, all the amazing support you've given us since we set up and. Was it April 2019? So, thank you very much. Just, uh, just to add, I suppose, the experience of other areas is that you know uh, community volunteers can do so much, but then there are jobs out of this that 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 are you know there's a potential to create. It's project manager need, need managers are needed, project coordinators. Uh, Tipperary over the last ten years, and I speak been involved with a number of the groups there, they have leveraged approximately 20 million in investment into Tipperary communities. And that's been done through the involvement of Tipperary County Council and the local development companies supporting community action. What does that look like? Well, it needs community energy officers working with the local communities. So it needs a resource. Uh, there's far, uh, and I, I I think there, in general across Ireland, there's far too much about the community will do it, the community will do, do X, Y, Z. I think there's a resourcing a question there or need that it would, would be great to see met. So something like a part-time energy officer to get a project going. The Drumban project there that led to, that has leveraged 12 million over uh, 10 years, started with a part-time job bridge uh, architectural technician with a phone and uh, the use of the community hall uh, three days a week. So uh, I think it would be great to see the local authority and the other development organization meet the the energy or the, 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 the drive here in the local communities uh, to carry out work, meet that halfway or even three quarters of the way uh, with sort of support like that. That's really what's going to make a difference uh, if we can see those those kind of uh, those supports. Joe Coney, Chairman of the Kidloo Municipal is here to, to launch this tonight, so welcome Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Tom. <coughs> Again, Lucas, I'd like to thank the community for the invitation here tonight, and we're all well aware we wouldn't be here tonight for a strong, a very strong, community group here in Cooney. We all see what they've achieved over the last number of years. And as Tom said at the offset, they started this in 2019. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit, and at that stage, people could have thrown in the towel. But in fairness to the Clooney group here, they didn't throw in the towel. And again, with the support of Garrod, Owen, and Dermot, we're here tonight to launch, as we call it, the local energy plan. And it's very, very important that the community are here to support the group in what they have achieved up to this stage. It's really now up to the community to get behind the group, the, the locals to get behind the community to drive this forward. The presentation we got here was simply fantastic and excellent. And we're all well aware of what energy upgrade is going to mean to houses going forward. 
And it's fantastic to see there could be granted of 5.5 million achieved here in Clooney Spansel Hill. That's what has been spelled out to us here this evening. But without the support of the local people, and it's great to see so many local people here tonight and the community, that won't be achieved. But I know the drive that's on here, it will be achieved. Again, first of all, I'd like to say, well done to the local community group here. We've already seen that they put Clooney Village on the map of what has been achieved over the last 12 months to two years with the upgrade of Clooney Village. It's really fantastic to drive through the village now and see the safety, the pedestrian crossing, traffic slowing down, and the people are a lot safer around the village of Clooney. And I've said already, Clooney's on the map. That didn't happen by accident. And I'd like a big round of applause for the local community group that has achieved that. Again, Neve Wiley introduced herself there, and she's our rural development officer in this area. And without Neve and Clare County Council, what has been achieved here wouldn't be achieved. And that's very important as well. And I know from my number of years in Clare County Council, for your strong community groups, a lot has been achieved. And that has been seen here in Cluny. So again, all I'd say is, well done to everyone involved. Because as I said, now is the time to drive it forward and the people of this catchment area will benefit out of it. So again, well, well done to everyone. Uh, we hear about um, a shortage of skilled labour and I've heard the question asked before, where, where is it going from? Well, I suppose, um, you know, there's a group of existing companies that have... Uh, the capacity to do this work, obviously to reach the scale that is being talked about, it is going to need a lot more uh, tradespeople trained up. And um, I know in Limerick, they've, they're just uh, recently there in the old Krupp Centre, they're opening a kind of a, a training centre of excellence for uh, tradespeople to skill them up on, on renovation. So that's, that's, that's one of the steps along the way here in this part of the country to make sure that there's a training programme and there's a there's a sort of pipeline of apprentices being brought on, uh, <coughs> you know. I suppose that's um, that's probably what I would say. I mean, it's 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 definitely going to meet a lot more uh, tradespeople anyway, for sure. Yeah, and but also getting maybe bringing in other local smaller companies and tradespeople into this line of work that mightn't have previously considered it. Um, as I, as I mentioned, the example of Drumban there, where they. They actually had information sessions for the contractors themselves, you know, that may have not previously thought that this type of uh, work they could do it. But once they understood, oh yeah, these are the SCI requirements, it was a fairly, you know, uh, there was a, there was, they knew how they could get there. Do you know what I mean in terms of achieving the standard of the work? Yeah, I think there's there's huge opportunities across the spectrum of society. Um, you know, you have. As Garrod pointed out, there's huge opportunities for sustainable employment, for reskilling and upskilling. Um, we're doing an Ingemersa plan for the lads in Kilkee now as well, and there's a centre up there, the Elliott Centre, and the the focus there is to get that centre developed into a training hub, um, you know, for retrofitting and things like that. Like, and you know, yeah, and the 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 tools, the technology, technological University of Shannon as well, they're they're launching stuff. There's lots of EU money coming in as well for training courses and, and training platforms and stuff. So there seems to be a, 
you know, lots of parallels with the whole thing going forward, like, and I suppose for a local community like yourselves, um, it's just start joining up the pieces, you know, and connecting the dots and actually uh, actually moving forward with a, with a coherent plan. And I suppose it starts with every one of you tonight, like, you know, every, every homeowner that's here now tonight and in the community. So I suppose, look, it is very, it's very exciting times. It's very scary times. Um, but I suppose if we focus on the small steps, then, then we can succeed, you know. But I suppose, like, the, the thing about getting the work done on the homes as well, like, you know, as well as them being a cheaper, um, energy-efficient home, they'll actually be a, a healthier home to live in. Because I don't, I don't um, own a home at the moment. We're renting homes, and I've been renting houses for the last couple of years. And every house that we've been in, there's mold, they're damp, they're cold, the windows are bad, you know? Um, so like, you know, if, you're, if you own your own home, like, and there's a few bob there, and there's plenty of grant services and, and supports, like, you know, fix it, pamper yourselves, and get yourselves a nice warm home for yourselves, you know? Um, you can see there from the start of the slides, like, you're talking five and a half grand a year now in energy costs, like, and those costs are not going to go down. I think we've reached a new plateau of energy prices and stuff like that, you know, so... Um I just wanted to say that on behalf of Scarf Bay Community Radio, which is a voluntary uh, organization like yourselves, and we have tracked the progress of the project up and I want to say to you, we will be there to facilitate you as you progress this project to the next stage and the next stage. And we've made the, re the relationship with Tom and we fatten on that. So I just wanted to say that. That's great. Yeah. Thanks very much. I'm here with Gerard Fitzgibbon of the ACAI and uh, at the launch here of the Energy Plan. So Gerard, tell us a little bit about the input that the SEAI has and the importance of what uh, ye are looking to do in the future. Yeah, well, SEAI is the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland and they have a communities programme. So they want to help any community group that is looking to do energy-related projects. So they have a bunch of supports for that and they have each county then has a group of uh, mentors that can be made available depending on the need. So we, I'm one of those in Clare, as is Lorraine Power, who is uh, the other community energy mentor, who is a staff member of Clare Local Development Company. Once groups join the Sustainable Energy Communities Network, then they can avail of up to six or seven days of mentoring from us. And we'll help you along the way to find out what kind of supports you can get uh, and, and, and how to, to, to get projects moving. So for example, uh, you, might, you might be a tidy towns group or you might be a community council or development association um, or you might even just have a number of individual buildings but uh, we can get you uh, up to 10 or 15,000 euro to cover the cost of a community energy plan. Now, what, would that, what good would that do you? Well, in the first place, it will get audits for a number of buildings, energy audits, energy assessments for a number of buildings in your community. Okay? And then they'll do a calculation of the energy spend out of your community and help you find out what, what would be good front-runner projects for, to get all the community behind. So, for example, here in Clooney, Spansel Hill, they found out that there's 
million going out of the community every year in energy. That's between transport, households and everything. Yeah. So if they can tackle that through making homes more efficient, through generating their own energy, you know, they're keeping a lot of that money circulating locally. So that's really what the supports are and you can uh, find out more by going on seai.ie forward slash sec uh, or just contact Clare Local Development Company and ask to speak to Lorraine okay. uh, or myself, Garot, right. to give them. And Garot, mm-hmm. there are grants that are available from the SEI, I would say, which are obviously backed by, by the government. Yeah. And you indicated <clears throat> yourself this evening that so, some of those have increased in more recent times. The aim of the SEI, what you're trying to do with this, is basically to reduce the dependency on fossil fuels. And uh, basically we're going to, from what the presentation here this evening is, that we're trying to get ourselves to the houses to be ran off electricity. Yeah. So just in relation to the plan and say that was carried out uh, in relation to Clooney, it's interesting to see that uh, they did a check on a lot of the houses and 71% of the houses are currently powered by oil. Yeah. So that's money that's going out. The vast majority of it is going, going, going out of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So then we're looking to generate uh, electricity, be it uh, through solar or through solar, solar or wind, solar or, or, wind uh, or, with, yeah, or through biomass yeah, as, yeah, as well. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And their policies that are open for funding and <clears> open to local communities. And I said, that's where you're trying to get involved with exactly. this. Exactly. And it's, that's one part of the picture. Obviously, the local, local authorities and the county councils need to get their act together and get and, and uh, drive this. You know, businesses are already on this track. Uh, lo- the uh, public sector as well, like the HSE and all those types of agencies, they all have their own uh, pathway along this. Uh, and so also then communities, through projects that they might carry out, local community groups also have great influence. And uh, so, so there are supports for individual community groups, but I suppose the, um, you know, since 2015, Ireland has a new energy policy. Now, they spent probably too long, you know, they, they, it's there. They spent three or four years consulting and getting everybody around the table. And the conclusion was, was in uh, 2015, uh, we're going to change our energy system to a low carbon system. That, that was what was agreed in, in the white paper and Ireland's new energy policy. So since that time, uh, that's what has been directing all of this current move. You mentioned about all the grants. Well, that's been funded through the taxpayer, through the citizens' contributions, and also through the carbon taxes that should be mentioned. So these funds are available and there, and I would encourage any community group that has an interest in, in this to get in touch. I mean, I, I've, through my work in, uh, in Tipperary and in uh, other communities, uh, we've seen the potential of this, even just from a local job creation point of view, uh, making people more comfortable and healthier in their homes. Uh, there's a lot of additional spin-off uh, results. And, and actually, people are not always actually interested in the climate change and the big picture stuff. Many people are, and more and more people are. But there are also very good local good reasons for projects like this. Uh, and that create benefits such as employment and investment uh, but it's important like though you know the benefits of what we call the energy transition they they will only happen at a local level if communities make sure it happens it's make sure that there's work available for local contractors building contractors to do 
insulation, energy upgrades, all that types of stuff. Like so, uh, this program, uh, the community sustainable energy communities program, is available to help communities that want to do projects in this area. We're in a rural, we're in a rural yeah. area here, east, everybody in East Clare, and we'll say transport is one of the costs. The SEI currently do grants, we'll say, for electric cars. Yeah. That's something, <clears throat> can you see the level of grants that are there at the moment for electric cars, can you see that being uh, kept at the same level, expanded, or how do you think that's yeah, going to go? Yeah, I suppose it's probably going to be expanded and it's, it's, it's the network needs to grow, but you know, the, the act the capacity for communities to act in this area is limited enough you know the big the, you know people have to vote and they have to vote for sustainable transport because uh, you know the the rail network for example has been vastly underfunded for years you know the supports to walking and cycling uh, all of that you, you know <clears throat> you only have to look at countries and cities and communities where they get that right you know, true cycle lanes, true, you know, local workspaces, community workspaces, you know, true, a, a, a wide, a wide ranging and, and, and vast uh, a, a train network. Like one of the big things from here, well, from this, from the Cluny Spansel Hill energy plan was obviously the amount of people commuting. You yes. know, so the transport bill is so high because people are going out to, uh, for work. So is there a possibility uh, with remote working, you know, if there was a, a, a remote workspace in the community that people would have the option of working from home or working from a, a shared space in the community. Uh, but certainly, uh, rail connections is, is vital that that be expanded and, and investment in that go, would go up, as well as the uh, support to electric vehicles. Garod, before we finish up, I just want to ask you, um, two of the main points of this energy survey carried out here this evening, two of the main things that have been looked at are basically the possibility of solar and of turbines. Yeah. So can you tell me uh, the grants and the systems that are available and from the SEI? Yeah, well, the uh, there's, there's a national SEI scheme called the Renewable Electricity Support Scheme. And within that, there's a particular strand of that that is helping community groups that want to develop, build and own their own energy, their own renewable energy. So if groups have an idea for a solar park or a small wind project, um, you know, get in touch uh, with SEAI because it, there are a, n a whole new bunch of supports that can help your group and your committee get your projects going. There's up to 180,000 in a development grant uh, that can support such a project getting going. Uh, and obviously, if 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 you're if the new renewable energy is also owned and built locally, that means your your community is going to be you know more prosperous. So I think uh, it's just very important that, to get the message out there as well. Okay, I'm here with Ona Horrigan of the Tipperary Energy Agency here to launch of the Clooney Swenson Hill Sustainable Energy Community Energy Master Plan. And Owen, you've had a big involvement with this, so tell us a little bit of what you do and your involvement with the plan here for Clooney Swenson Hill. Yeah, uh, hello. So my name is Owen Horrigan and um, I work for the Tipperary Energy Agency. Um, we're a non-profit social enterprise. We're on the road now about 20 years and I suppose you know, we were commissioned to, to complete the energy study for Clooney Spencil Hill and tonight we had the launch of the results. Um, so I suppose that's the backdrop. As part of that, you carried out an energy audit and a survey of houses and all the people in the community. Correct, yeah. So um, the SEI gave 10,000 euros 
for the energy study to be completed. So part of that was the, the, the analysis that we performed and also there was eight homes got a, a free home energy audit done in their homes and there was and the Clooney School also got energy audited. Basically five and a half thousand euros per year is the average cost of energy per house. Nowadays it is, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That has absolutely exploded in the last six months. And 71% of the houses that are surveyed are using oil and 85% of houses using fossil fuels. So what do you do to reduce people's dependency on fossil fuels? The, the retrofits and schemes that you're involved in, what exactly do they entail? So I suppose the aim of the project is to, is to produce the results of the energy spend, the euro spend and how much carbon dioxide has been produced per home in the businesses and community buildings in the community and then look at the larger picture of what is a total spend. So to encourage homes, you know, start on the, 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 the road of the energy transition, um, you know, the audits identified measures that could be carried out within each home um, and they were costed. Um, it related to the energy footprint of the house, they were costed and uh, how much the, the carbon dioxide could be reduced. So the TEA were actually a grant coordinator as well. Um, we used to be super homes, but um, super homes have joined up with Electric Island now. So we actually don't have a, a residential department per se, but we do um, advise communities and we do work on community buildings, energy auditing. We have, um, we have a very skilled um, building services engineering team. Um, one example was the Lehinch um, swimming complex that was recently opened. Yes. Yeah, so um, our engineers would have gone in there um, and done the design work and the project management for that project to be completed. Um, and we, we leverage as much funding as well and grant money to make, to make these projects happen. There are various levels of funding available from the SEI and there's one of the things that you, you do is a one-stop shop. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, well, the, the, the TEA, we're actually not a one-stop shop um, for the residential side of things, but we are, we are what's called, we are a, a BEC coordinator. We're, we're, we're a big coordinator. So what that means is that we're, um, we're a grant facilitator. So, for example, take, take the school here. We've done an energy audit on the school. If that project is going to be realised, um, the likes of the TEA, now there's about 20 or 30 different um, grant coordinators in the country. Uh, the TEA are one of them. So the school could, could come to us and we have a, we have a, a, a turnkey yeah, and, and, and services. We'd go in, we'd take it to the next level, we do all the design work, all the heat load analysis, and we'd come up with the best cost optimal approach to actually get you know, for example, Clooney Spencil Hill, uh, the, the, the national school, up to a very high standard, um, decarbonise the school and stuff like that, and actually draw draw down the grants as well to, to help. Okay, so you're mainly more business orientated at the minute, but basically what you're saying is if there's a business or an organisation or a community building out there that are looking to uh, decarbonise and to sort of go more towards a renewable side of things, you're the one-stop shop in that you can sort of you can do surveys, you can do plans, and you can implement it from start to finish. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So yeah. So like yeah. It's, it's business and and community. And I suppose the grants. Um, there's like 30% grant available for a business, 
and for a community building like a, a local hall or a school, um, up to 50% grant aid is available for project work. Oh Tom, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, I should just mention that I'm talking to Tom Larkin. Tom, you seem to have been uh, one of the architects behind this whole idea. I would not really know that. One of the architects. <laughs> Very small, yeah. Does it take a lot of your time? Yes. It yes, is? Yeah. And I, you're looking for support, you know, in different types of ways, support from the, the community. Well, there's all those, those, those famous or great people around here that yeah. give great support. But this, this a, you're talking about a revolution, though. Well, it's a big, big project, and yeah. it has a, it has the potential to be a model for other communities right across the country. Well, you see, you have a situation in Clare where you have no energy agency in Clare, yeah. so and we may not have any one-stop shop in Clare. So there's a huge potential mm. for graduates coming out of university or college to get yeah. involved in this area, and there will be lots of work in it. Have so, you have you linked to any of the well, colleges? I mean, I mean you, you can see from tonight, the option is a one-stop shop or yeah. someone, if you could get someone that will work and um, manage, project manage yeah. this. I mean, there'd be a lot of work involved in that for, for, for people that are qualified in the area. Mm. It would be a full-time job employed by SEI or, you know, or an energy agency that would do this work. So it'd be very hard for a small community group to run a project of that size. So, I mean, you would need expertise. Yeah. And, you, and, and I think that's where it has to be heading, is that you have to have the next generation have to set up an energy agency in Clare. We've come to the end of the night. Do you know? Are you happy with the way things went? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. there was a good crowd here. Um, summer's night, so good crowd came in. What, what are you hoping at this point now? I suppose uh, we're there. Have no uh, energy agency company here. Yeah. And uh, there's a serious amount of uh, grant aid to be available to people. But in order to get, you have to spend. You have to spend money. But also, people don't realise they'll be they're paying carbon tax indirectly. Yeah. We discovered here that we're uh, producing between six and eight tons of carbon. Per year. It's frightening. Yes. The statistics that have emerged. And that is costing every household yeah. 40 euros a ton. That's per house now. Yes. So, and that's going to go up every year. So people are spending indirectly through their, what they're paying for their oil and their yes. petrol in carbon tax. Yes. And I mean, you're looking at, we say, if a household is producing 8 tons of carbon, that's 8 by 40 at the moment. And that 40 will go up to maybe 50 next year, 60 the following year. No matter what government in power, that's going to keep rising. That's set. Yes. That's set anyway. Yes. So that's going to go up to serious money. That money that people don't see. Yes. And, and we also discovered that we are paying 5,500 euros per house on heating our homes and, uni and our electricity bills. Yes. Yes. And that's a serious amount of money. So all that could be reduced drastically down to maybe a few hundred or less than a thousand per year. You know? so and I mean, that's not even taking into consideration the cars. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. It's, I hear from people who are uh, into solar energy. You know, that seems to be popular over around, around Scarif, you know. 
I take up in that regard. But then finding it frustrating that the surplus that they do not use, they're feeding it into the into the EIR. Okay. Well, my understanding is that they have to buy it back from you. And I heard, I, I'm not certain of this, but I heard the price of seven cents a unit. I'm not sure. Uh, that question wasn't asked here tonight. I didn't, want, I, I didn't want yeah. to ask it. But I, I understand that that yeah. is to come in, that, that they will buy back the electricity from people. Yeah, but that's been, they've been talking about it, uh, uh, Tom, for the last oh, they have. year and a half. But it takes okay. a long time to roll out the smart meters. Yeah. They've only been rolled out. They only come live in the next year or two. Yeah. So, um, I know the grid wasn't ready for it. Yeah. The grid is a huge problem. Yeah. A lot of work has been done on the grid at the moment. Yeah. ESP grid connection. So I think they're working on that and they have to spend billions on that, really. What about the idea that uh, surplus energy could be used to, uh, to heat a uh, dome-like glass houses, if you like, whatever call it like that. Um, we're importing peas, and a variety of uh, soft veg vegetables from different parts of the world. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. And let us say, and I think we talked about this before, Tom. You take a place like uh, the project here. Now, what's going to happen with surplus energy? You're going to have more. You're going to produce more than is required. Well, I mean, you can either store it have a storage facility yourself or sell it back to the grid. Right, That's the two a, choices. Yeah, and what about the idea of actually, you have a co you would have a cooperative, why not actually put in up a, a, a building that could be turned into a mega uh, heating unit or glass house and grow the kind of vegetables that... Oh, of course that, you can, yes, you know, yes, 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 yes. I mean, those are all possibilities, but yeah. you need the infrastructure in place, obviously, you're talking yeah. about... You know, you must start small. I mean, we're only starting at the very basics at the moment, you know. We're but you're, you're still <laughs> talking about millions, aren't you? Sorry? You're still talking about millions. Oh, yeah, you yeah, are. but I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be... It's not, the grants are announced in the last few months, so there's big improvements in the grants at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in order to save money, you must spend money. Okay, now you should... I mean, I mean that's the reality. But see, we don't spend... If you're spending five and a half, five and a half thousand a year, on heating your homes and um, and your electricity bills, yeah, and you can reduce that down to under a thousand. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean, that's a big saving over a period of 20 years. Well, Peter, where did it all start? Well, it all started with um, the likes of Tom getting, um, I suppose, retiring first of all and having time in his hands yeah. to, to to see these things. You know. Yes. yes. So as you can see, like the, he has fantastic done work done over the a few years and that uh, he asked me to get involved in the energy side of the house because um, my background would be on that side and is uh, yeah what is so that background I, i'm here? a well i'm a retired electrician from dsp in money Point. oh very good yeah yeah so i was in power generation for most of my work in life so yeah i was uh, asking um, tom about the potential usage of surplus energy that could be generated out of this project here in spanson yes okay and the idea that we could, uh, in fact, uh, use sur surplus energy to heat large type of industrial size uh, glass houses. Okay? Yes. 
to grow the kind of vegetables that we're importing from South America. Yeah. Things like peas, beans, yeah, what yeah. have you, okay. Yeah. Um, and that could even be done without too much investment, as I see it. Instead of feeding it into the well, into the grid, I, I, I suppose we've been very slow always in uh, kind of grasping. Maybe you know, we, we've always gone for the safe kind of option rather than yeah. um, uh, looking at maybe um, something that's out there in the future. You know, I mean, say when you take kind of the farmers thing and uh, the amount of slurry that's generated in any one parish and yes. you know biogas plants, etc. And, yeah. and why aren't we doing something with that? Like, and you know, why aren't we? I, I, I can't answer that. I'm afraid you have to, you'd have to <laughs> no, ask your, your local politicians that question. Well, Peter, it's a marvellous project, and it's a pleasure being here tonight. With a great enthusiasm, it's going forward in the right direction. Are you thank happy you very with much. Yes, very much, yeah. very much. So thank you very, very thank much you. indeed, Peter. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you.